what a weekend. What a weekend of football and fights and some things in between. We'll start with the football. Caleb, it was uh, the old man. It just keeps on turning, keeps on turning. And we've been, the we've been the better. saying it. We've been saying it. We've been saying it. So I don't even feel – let's talk about the game. All right. The Bucks are obviously rolling at first. 14-10, it's whatever. The Packers really weren't giving into it that much. The Bucks were just having to put some good drives together. And then Tom Brady's even throwing some interceptions, but the Packers aren't capitalizing. And really, when they when the, they, you let Scotty Miller score that touchdown before the half, right? That, that literally is the difference in the game. I don't know how you, I don't know how you give that up. I don't know how you give that up in that situation. You know exactly, you know exactly. I'm literally watching the video of it right now. How do you just let him get that open? Like you can't. I don't even know. Like, does that feel in a way like the Jets thing? Like, what are you doing? Like. You know they're gonna go deep. Like you know that's what they're gonna do. There's no way they're just playing for the field goal. Like they're gonna take their shot. I just feel they didn't put anybody back there, or was it? I mean, maybe you saw it play different. I feel like they just didn't even put anybody back there. To me, it looks like all right. So I'm pretty sure they were playing like a like a soft coverage, and they had stacked receivers and all that. And I don't know. Like Kevin King was just bailing, like shuffle bailing. And he just let the guy just go right outside of him and just go right past him. Like, he lost him behind him. It's crazy. But you – before the play, though, let's go back. The play before that that set it up was Bruce Arians going for it and putting his dick on the table and going for it on fourth and fourth. Yeah, and that was. That was that the was. play right before that. Mm-hmm. And then they get the first down, they call timeout, and then they dial it up coming back out. That was a big thing, Bruce Arians versus Matt LaFleur in this game. And Matt LaFleur yeah, kind of outdueled him, right? Yeah. And that was that was the thing that I was like, I didn't want that look, I didn't want the Bucs to win this game, but I also knew I just had a feeling. I was like, I I just don't think the Bucs are playing too good right now. Then it was just Brady and the legacy and every it, it all would have made too much sense. Packers are favored, like all that. It just made sense that the Bucs were gonna win it. And right. But I, that was the thing is I thought LaFleur, if anything, was going to be able to outdo Arian just because Arians with some, you know, some ignorance in him. And maybe the Packers defense, you know, the Packers defense was able to take advantage. But that didn't happen at all. And then Matt LaFleur obviously kicks a field goal down eight. That like I, when I was watching the game, I was like, why are they doing that? And then I looked at Twitter and everyone agreed. Like, what what the fuck are they doing? That was stupid. There was also a lot of – dude, Twitter was going off there in this game, especially about flags. Okay, I did see the Packers offensive tackle, number 77, jump on a false start at least three or four times. And I didn't know if it was just me, but no, Twitter was saying the exact same thing. I mean, this there was a lot of things going on in this game. Twitter was popping off. It was a wild game. It really was. It, it should have been the night game. It definitely should have been the night game. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason why Kansas City should have been the day game because that would have been dope. Green Bay at night? You kidding me? Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Like Green Bay, I first of all on the Matt Lafleur decision to kick it. I thought if I was the head coach, I would have done the same thing because it was like fourth and goal from the eight or something like that, right, or from the ten yard line. So your chances of really converting are very, very low with goal-to-go situation like that. And also, I mean, you know, the Bucks hadn't played that great. They've been turning the ball over. They weren't running the ball very good. And so, 
you know, Green Bay was kind of able to stop them on defense, and they had the two-minute warning and three timeouts to get the ball mm-hmm. back. And to me, if I'm the if I'm the coach, I'm thinking that's enough time for Aaron Rodgers to go back down the field and score again. Yeah. So, but you're also I mean, giving the ball back him, to Tom Brady. That's true, but it's are you really giving the ball back to Tom Brady? Or are you giving it back to Leonard Fournette in that situation? Yeah, Leonard Fournette. I mean he he had a decent game. Day. That run, I mean that run was stupid. I mean that run Crazy. was absolutely stupid. Chris Godwin had himself a game. Everybody was trying to point to Antonio Brown being out, being a factor. Chris Godwin. Did what he needed to do. But Brady threw three interceptions. Yeah, saw, they were all pretty bad. Yeah, and he just, like, it, it shows that when he gets pressure on him, like, he's just not – he's not used to that, first of all. For 20-something years, he never had to deal with being pressured at all. And now it shows, like, he literally was throwing balls without even looking towards receivers. Like, literally just launching the ball up in the air. He threw – Three interceptions, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Jameis Winston was doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but Jameis Winston's Tampa Bay team was not um, getting turnovers left and right and taking balls. Yeah, the Devin, Devin White and this fucking defense for the Bucks has been crazy. I mean, Devontae Adams, like, he wasn't that much of a factor into the game. Aaron Jones obviously got hurt. Seems like he's always getting hurt, like, every game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did everything he could, except for I think he should have – we talked about the – Should have ran. He should have ran it. I saw it – it was really second and third down he should have ran it. But, you know, he's just Aaron Rodgers trying to, I don't know, make a make a crazy play. I, I don't mean, know. the guy was there, but they just made – you know, Tampa just made a play on it and knocked it out. And obviously this game looked like it was all Tampa Bay – Green Bay didn't make a run. They really had a good chance of winning it. A lot of turnovers. So five turnovers in a game between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is pretty nuts to see. Right. Well, Aaron Jones also fumbled the ball. Yeah, twice. he did. So he pretty much sold their soul away on this one because you know they were playing decent, but when Aaron Jones, they got lucky enough that Tunyon jumped on one of those fumbles that was on the sideline, and then it was not too long after that. And he catches a little swing pass out of the backfield and somebody jars it straight out. And that's when they take it to like the 10 and score on the next play when they threw it to break for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, the turnovers kind of killed green Bay. I mean, and the fact that they didn't really capitalize off of Brady interceptions, but most of Brady's interceptions were like, like in the high red zone area for them going in, you know, like they wasn't like in bad, putting the team in bad field position. Yeah. But he was just like launching those balls up. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Tampa was getting in, getting into – they were getting to Aaron Rodgers. Like, they, he sacked him five times. Yeah, no, that – I think the most he's been hit all year. That was the thing, like, like early in the season, and everyone said – because he was getting pressured all the time, and that's when they were getting whipped by the Saints and shit. And that was, like, the big thing. And then you saw – I guess that's how he started throwing interceptions again, really, because you think about the games he's thrown three interceptions. He's Tom Brady has gotten some pressure. But you're right, it really was just – defense for Tampa Bay that won the game, like just causing turnovers and just getting at, after, getting after the quarterback, shutting down Devontae Adams, taking Aaron Jones out of the game. But Aaron Rodgers is now like one in four in NFC championship games, one in three, yeah. one in four. Yeah, Tom Brady like Tom Brady should not have as many conference championships as Aaron Rodgers. No, or Drew Brady. <laughs> Neither yeah. one of them. That's insane. Tom Brady really walked into the NFC just – waltzed along and it, Tom Brady and LeBron just, you know, both were just waltzing into other conferences and just taking it, taking it just like that. I mean, it's pretty. Right. 
but you know, we said this like two weeks ago when we when the playoffs were started. We said there's one team that can make a run, right? Yeah, it would either be it would be Tampa because at the end of the day, I mean, you can say what you want to about scheme and this that, and the other. That team is fucking loaded. Top down, they're loaded everywhere but the secondary. And they actually were missing their best player in their secondary in Antoine Winfield. And Sean Murphy Bunting ends up having a huge game. Him and Devin White end up making up for everything that Antoine Winfield was doing. What about the uh, the P.I. call to end the game? That definitely was not P.I. Right call. That was the you, right you, call. No, you you thought so? Yeah, he was. He had a handful of jersey, dude. No, I'm th- on the he final had a handful one? of jersey. Yes, he had a handful. He had a handful of undershirt. Go look at it. I Let's promise you. Let's look at it right now. I swear, I remember it being like, like he just tripped. I swear that's what it looked like. And they kind of got tangled up, but that wasn't what the pi call was for. The pi call was because the dude, as the ball was being thrown, he had a handful of shirt. You, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, he's got – on that route, they're running crossers, and they're playing yeah. man. And Hold he's on. he's got all of his jersey. Let's get a zoom. He's trailing on him. He's trailing on him. Let's see. Yeah, he grabbed his arm a now, little bit. The only thing was ba- that's bad about it is the flag was thrown so late. Like, if you're going to be the ref, yeah. don't be indecisive. But Kevin King played a horrible game. Really no, yeah, no. Game. He was exposed a lot. He was on the Fournette play at the bottom of the pile. He gave up to Scotty yep. Miller, and he does this. Yeah, yep. just – Yeah, he's grabbing he does him grab a little bit, man. He's grabbing him just enough. Yeah, I know? just saw it. Yeah, he grabs the jersey a little bit. So, man, it's just – Packers, man. Isn't it crazy, though, that like Brady in the playoffs the last couple years, all right, you just think about it. There's usually at the end of the game about like a one, just something that changes everything. Like, for example, Kansas City, when they went down there and beat them boys in overtime, right? They had Brady was done. That game was over. And then yeah. they end up D Ford lined up off sides. Yeah. And then he went down and scored. And then they got the ball first in overtime and scored again. So and here we go. The the game is on the line. What are they doing? Bruce Arians is hanging his nuts once mm-hmm. again and throwing the ball with a, like a minute left in the NFC championship game and he gets mm-hmm. a call. I mean, Kevin King sucks. That that's the bottom line. Yeah. He, him and Aaron Jones. Him and Aaron Jones the reason why they lost this game. And then Aaron Rodgers after the game, leaving questions up in the air for the what the hell? What was that about? Yeah, like, just, does he does he want out? Like, do you think he wants to go to Indy? Dude, I don't know. I mean, you gotta think, I guess like at this point, this it really was just some like unforeseen drama. Like that just came out of nowhere. Like there's not been any rumors that like he was unhappy or Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it was just like, like I saw a lot of people mad at Aaron Rodgers just saying, like, take it, take the loss. Like, quit dealing, quit trying to say all this other shit. Like, he was talking about how the fourth down field goal wasn't his decision. And, yeah. you know, he just, and, and we all know Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a cockhead. Like, it's just, you know, that's, you know, that the whole story's about he doesn't talk to his family. And, like, it's just, you know, People know that's Aaron Rodgers' personality, but for him to just come out and all of a sudden there's rumor him saying, yeah, and then he said um, that, like, we don't know whose future, you know, you know, a lot of people's futures are untold, including mine. Like, what the fuck? Like, all of a sudden you're just yeah. – maybe now that now that all of a sudden the Jordan Love pick pisses you off enough to – I don't know. Like, what was it just because you lost the game? You lost to Tom Brady? Like, what was that? I have no clue where that came from. 
look, none of this shit makes sense, okay? Because Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win an MVP this weekend, okay? For one, two. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to slam the guy for doing that. I mean, this was his probably his best opportunity to get another ring. It's, yeah. it's probably pretty much done after this. Yeah. I don't know what his contract situation is, but look, he may be having some saliva for that Indianapolis job that just came over because they got one quarterback. What about, what about Stafford? Listen, Stafford, if I'm him, that's that's anybody, any quarterback, veteran quarterback that wants to go anywhere, they need to go to Indy. Indy is competitive. They are built to win now. I mean, San Fran. But I don't see, I just don't see. Matt LaFleur going out on a limb and trading his MVP quarterback who at age 37, you know, they said he practiced over the, over the, uh, COVID, um, lockdown, a bunch of meditation and enters in and this, that, and the other. So he should be more calm. Right. But I mean, he came out, like you said, he looked kind of dickish at that press conferences. Kind of you, if you're the team's quarterback, you got to come out and say, Hey, the loss you know we didn't play good enough this that, and the other we're on the next year you don't come out and say i don't know if i'll be here next year and that field goal call was not my fucking call that was bullshit it's basically what he's told america yeah but here's what it is let's get we'll get into some uh more quarterbacks after we talk about the afc game so an afc game the bills chiefs this one was tough so it started out real hot it started out real hot for the bills me drops that uh muff punts and then it's nine nothing but then the next drive they just start using Miko and they just you know get his confidence back up and then the chiefs do what they do i'm pretty sure the second quarter is like a big stat for the chiefs i'm if i'm not wrong if i'm not mistaken like i'm pretty sure like just the first half in general that's when the chiefs usually do their thing and i mean they just took off running tyree kill was Super fast. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I mean, basically just tore the, the defense straight. I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw for, what, 325 yards. Tyreek Hill had 172 of them, and Travis Kelsey had 118 of them. So 290 of his 325 yards were to Travis Kelsey, who had 13 receptions. Tyreek Hill had nine. So they just – they the, the Chiefs – Here's what the Chiefs do, and they're better at it than anyone else. They just put the ball in their best playmaker's hands at all times, and it just works every single time. It also helps that your quarterback is probably the best playmaker on the field. But, I mean, just Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey just absolutely shredding a Bills defense that we already knew was a little suspect. But they also got, you know, over 152 yards rushing from Williams, and then they had a 50-yard carry from Meikle. So, I mean, they just did everything they needed to do. The Bills defense, we talked about how the Bills defense ha- or the Bills in general have not played their full game yet. That was a big thing. And, you know, they played sloppy a little bit in these playoffs, but they, you know, they had it. Well, the Chiefs have been playing sloppy for like nine weeks, winning, beating all these teams by like one possession, haven't covered a game spread wise in like 10 games, I think was the number. And they right. came out and played the best game they've played probably since. I mean, either the you know the Buccaneers or they put when they played like the Raiders or something like that. I mean, this was you know the most complete game they've played since at least week twelve, week eleven of the NFL season, and it it showed. And another big thing, Josh Allen was the leading rusher by seventy one yards for the Bills. 
He had yeah. seven carries for 88 yards. Devin Singletary had 17 yards on six carries, and pretty sure half of those carries were on the first drive. I mean, it's and Stephon Diggs, he had himself a good game, but he didn't get going until late. It just it was sad. I really thought the Bills had it in them, but after all I've just said about it, the Chiefs just played the complete game they needed to play for the first time in a long time, put it in their playmakers' hands, had a better defense when it counted, and that's what it came down to. Yeah, well, you know, nobody's shocked that the Chiefs are here, okay? Mm-hmm. Especially once we figured out that Mahomes was playing. I mean, the team won a Super Bowl last year handedly mm-hmm. and um, returned 20 of their 22 starters. So they should be locked and ready to go. But listen, Buffalo had their cracks at it. Like you said, they jumped out to an early lead. They were kind of making plays flying around a little bit. But they let Kansas City get in too big of a groove. Like they, you know, to me, if you're Leslie Frazier on defense, there's two people in the field that you have to stop the most. It is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you, the fastest man in football and probably the best tight end in football. And he didn't do either one of those, and that was literally the entire game for Kansas City. Yeah. On the flip side, though, Buffalo, Buffalo had some big time struggles in the red zone. They only they were down there five. Yeah, kicked times a lot of field goals. Right. They, they, field they just. You're not going to beat those guys when you're doing that. You're never going to. You have to punch the ticket in, baby. You have to. Because you're yeah. not going to keep up with them. And if you try to, I mean, look, Josh Allen played a damn good game, right? But what, he stands in the pocket so long. Forever. <laughs> oh, yes. He probably has a, the latest release out of everybody in the league. I will say this about Buffalo, though. You know, like, the, first of all, um, Cole Beasley was playing with a broken leg, apparently. That came out today. Um, they need some help at receivers. If they could get Josh Allen, like, one more like really good receiver, I'd be a little nervous of them, right? Or just a, and or game breaking tight end or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like something. Him. I mean, Dawson Knox has got some potential, but I mean, if we're really thinking about it here, okay, it's Josh Allen's throwing and running and Stefan Diggs catching and everything else is supplementary. Versus like if you look at Kansas City, right? They have Patrick Mahomes, then they go Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Mikael Hardman is always a threat. You have to keep up with him everywhere he goes. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, when he's healthy, he's good. And they have so, Le'Veon Bell. Right, and he didn't even tote the ball at all yeah. this game. He so, didn't even make make it out there. Yeah, and but like for Buffalo, that makes sense. Because Cole Beasley can't be your leading receiver and you're going to win. No. So it's just, no. you're not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And... The thing about the Bills kicking a lot of field goals, struggling in the red zone, is it feels like the Bills – I feel like, I guess in a way, obviously you want to get points on the board. Points are really valuable, and especially in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. But it feels like, dude, like you're kind of letting the Chiefs know that you're the beta to them, like, and you're still a little scared. Right. You know, it's like when teams play Alabama and they just take the points. So, you know, they're scared to, like, punch it in. Like, you're the Bills. You're 13-3. and three. Like, you're, you are – one of the, the hottest teams in football. In yeah. yeah. And you are just kind of giving in to the Chiefs and letting them, you know, you're giving them what they want. If if you're just going to keep kicking field goals, well, they're not going to stop scoring touchdowns. Just because, you know, you you got the one special team's turnover. I, don't, I mean, that doesn't mean our offense is struggling. You know what I mean? Like, I right. feel like that too many teams feel like they can – I don't know. I've seen a lot of things. A lot of teams, you think about this year, a lot of teams have gotten situations where that, that's why the Chiefs won so many one-possession games because teams are just kicking field goals and being content. 
to yeah, kick leaving them in the game. Yeah. But the the bad part about it is though, dude, it's like if you if you don't get it on fourth down, like if you have to go for it, like for example, okay, Buffalo in this game, Josh Allen got sacked four times, and one of them was for like twenty five yards. Like when the Chiefs do stuff like that, you're that's a wasted drive and you're done. But conversely, like if you're down there fourth and two, and you're thinking you're up, and you're thinking let's take the points, but you don't go. If you're playing the Chiefs. They are in it, no matter what the score is. They're in the game, yeah. and you have to you have to be weary of that. And go. we saw that last it's year. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And that it, it just goes to show you how good Kansas City is because they make you think, "Oh my God, we have to score on every damn drive. We have to." Yeah. Josh I mean, Allen had too many incompletions and too many, and they had too many um, missed opportunities in the red zone there for them to get this game done. Yeah, and at the end of the game, they just. Started punching each other. Chirping. Oh, man, that was entertainment, buddy. Yeah. Josh Allen throwing a ball at his helmet. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of dirty, though. That's Bill's football, though. Yeah, yeah. They're breaking tables up there, man. But look, props to the Bills, though. They get out from under, um, you know, Tom Brady's wing, and they end up getting one game away from playing him again. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's just hanging around. That would have been poetic. That would have been some poetic stuff if the Bills got to play Tom Brady and then, like, Tom Brady beat him. And it would have just been poetic. Like the Bills finally get away from him, beat, win the division, and then Tom Brady would beat him in the Super Bowl. That would literally be a poetic story. That would be awesome. Um, but that was it. I mean, that was there was nothing else big from this game. Um, the Chiefs kind of just had it rolling after basically the fourth quarter. It was over. Um, but now the Bucks Chiefs. <laughs> the Bucks Chiefs Super Listen. Bowl. That. I that don't that's how the line is so close. I'll be honest with you. Why? What are you What are you thinking? What's your early thought? I would have figured the line when it came out, Kansas City minus six, and it's sitting at minus three. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how everybody else feels, but it just seems like Kansas City is miles ahead of everybody else. <laughs> I mean, See, that's what you. That's what. That's what I want to think, but then I'm. And I know it's like after – of course, it's like after this game, I just saw them play like completely against the Bills who are a really good fucking football team. And I should just be like, oh, yeah. But I'm still just like – I think I'm a little hit in the tide by Tom Brady at this point. It's and Brady. Yeah. It, it's you just can't like how – it's in Tampa. The game is sitting in his stadium that he's been playing at all year. Like, yeah, he gets to wake up in his own bed for that game. Yeah. I mean, just – and he's it, ten times. This guy's been to the Super Bowl ten times. All right, this is Patrick Mahomes' second. But this is this is totally. I just talked about poetic for the other one. This is this is a fucking story. This is the story of the twenty twenty season that is that saw no fans and blah 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 and, and the pandemic canceled games, Wednesday games, all types. Of, no canceled games actually. Wednesday games and all types of shit and. It's going to end with Patrick Mahomes playing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Like, the old man and the young guy. Just, just, one's going out, one's coming in. Just just cash money for the NFL. Absolutely. In a a season that they lost money, they got the exact situation that everyone wants to see Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Who did? If anyone's telling you they didn't want to see that or they're not totally fine with watching it, you know, you maybe wanted to see your team in a Super Bowl, but there ain't no way you're not going to sit down in two weeks from yesterday and not watch this game. 
Like it's just this is going to be. I think it's going to be a really good game. Like it's going to be a really good game. They played. They've played already, and I think they played in Tampa when they did it. Yeah, they did. So, I, yeah, I it was a close it. one. It was a really close it game. Went out it was Chiefs, like a, the Chiefs started out to that big lead. It was like twenty-one nothing, and Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. had like two hundred. They jumped back first quarter, mm-hmm. but I could see, I could see this. I, I kind of right now early prediction. I got the Bucks. I think the Bucks. What early prediction? I've got Brady and the story of an. Antonio Brown getting his little comeback story, and it just makes too much sense, man. It's a fucking movie. I've told you all the time, watching the NFL is like watching a movie, and this is like the perfect ending to a perfect season to a perfect, you know, like it just makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. But it's also, what, 12 days before the game? So I've got 12 days to change my mind. That's the way I feel. Yeah, a lot can happen, man. You know, we don't know what the status of AB is. You know, we don't AB know. AB and Le'Veon Bell in a Super Bowl yep. without Big Ben. Yeah, tragic. Tom, Tom Brady has forty-seven percent chance of making the Super Bowl based off how many times he's made the Super Bowl in his career. Steph Curry has a forty-three percent chance of making a three-pointer based on his percentage in his career. Therefore, Tom Brady is more likely to go to the Super Bowl than Steph Curry is to make a three-point shot, and everyone should know that fact. Is anybody going to even question if he's the greatest of all time at this point? Like, this is it. Like, and, and he's better than Belichick. It's over. The debate's over, right? Yeah. And, it, it's, and, and you know what? I, I would just say mm. you have to you have to start the argument, okay? Who's better, Brady or Jordan for their own sports? We're here, man. It's here. It's happening. <laughs> is he the goat of goats, right? Like, I meaning this guy's 43. He's he made is. more Super Bowls. He's he's been to more Super Bowls than he hasn't. Like what what's going on, dude? He's literally been to ten Super Bowls, not been to eleven. So I mean, it's literally yeah, one. No, right? Him and LeBron, That's crazy. Him and LeBron have both been to ten championships. The difference is Brady's got a winning record, but yeah. Well, one thing about it though, too, you know, Brady has definitely had better teams in the Super Bowl. <laughs> What's what's crazy is is the game the the Super Bowls that Brady has lost, he should not have fucking lost those games. There's no the reason Eagles why the Eagles game, should have beat the him. Eagles game. Was I Brady mean, that set was a just, Super Bowl passing record that game? Like dude, that was just an explosive offensive game. Like just so yeah, much. And and the Eagles came up with the big play at the end of the when Brady had the drive to win the game, and the Eagles came yeah, up. Yeah, stripped them. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah, got the Eagles David out. Tyree catch, and then you got the Mar- Mario Manningham catch on the sideline. I mean, the, he, the he, NFC he, beast, he the NFC beast, just gave his troubles. And the Redskins, I mean, the, fo- the the football team, they, you know, think about it realistically, played the best game against Tampa Bay. Oh yeah, yeah, season. for sure. Yeah, because look, Tampa is flying around right now. They're playing. They we we talked about this earlier on the podcast, saying that. You know, Tampa being a pretty much a brand new group together, more or less, a lot of pieces fitting together. I mean, they got like they got like the two rookies on the defense starting. They got a really young secondary, brand new quarterback, doesn't even know the system, completely new backfield, and it took them nine, eighteen games to pull it all together. And they are looking as good as they ever have now. I, I, if, if listen, 
if Tampa can get to Patrick Mahomes like they've gotten to every other quarterback they have so far in this postseason. They they, the, the Chiefs did lose uh, Fisher in the game. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he was one of their staples on the O-line. Conversely, though, if Chris Jones makes himself a monster in this game against Ryan Jensen and all the boys inside, I mean, that that Chris Jones alone can wreck this game for Brady because we've seen it, like you just said earlier. Brady, when he's not pressured, I read something uh, before the games the other day. Brady, when not pressured, is like top five quarterback in the league, if not, you know, top three. Mm-hmm. When he's not pressured, he's 30th. Or when yeah. he is pressured, he's 30th. Like, he's almost dead last. Like, yeah, he's I mean, we saw it. Good as Nick Foles. I mean, the, pre- yeah, the tape, shoe, he's in that conversation. The tape, the tape is there when, yeah, if they get pressure on him, the tape's there. I mean, that's what they're going to look at all, you know, for the next two weeks when they're studying Tom Brady. Right. That's, that's what they're going right. to look at. I mean, in the last, like, two or three weeks, too, whenever he's gotten pressure, they all of his interceptions feel like to me they've been like, Where's Mike Evans? I'm going to throw the ball up. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's literally what it is. Like, oh, fuck it. Mike Evans is somewhere down there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Li- like, That's he's exactly literally, when, when these interceptions, like, he's not even looking at the receiver. He's literally got his head torqued back, like, trying not to look at that, the fact that he's about to get rocked. And he's just slinging it up there. Like, and you know what's crazy? It's like, just imagine if he was doing that in New England. Uh, uh, Belichick would lose his mind. But he's only had the thing about it though is like he's only had one guy in New England he could do that with, and it was Randy Moss, and he didn't have to do that because mm-hmm. by the time the pressure got there, Randy Moss was probably hitting his head on the goalpost for a touchdown every yeah. time. Wow, I think Gronk has got to be big in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Gronk well, or Ra- I mean or Bates. To play a lot of they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to play a lot of two tight end stuff in order because you know when they play two tight end stuff and then they get right into empty, that's when they're their best, their absolute best. I mean, Tampa's got to play a full game of football. Like they've looked their best this year when they start early and get the ball kind of running, and then Brady's able to take his shots. Mike Evans, they get down the red zone, he gets a jump ball here and there. Chris Godwin doesn't drop balls, which he did it again this week. Like they're still Tampa dropped a good bit of. Footballs that were good, good throws. Dude, but they, if they the get, if they can put it all together, they're they're. If tough. Tampa scores first, I like it. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. If Kansas City jumps out there seven zero though. You know, you get a little nervous. Juicy, juicy stuff. That is that's gonna be a Super Bowl to watch. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I think it's definitely gonna be better than last year. It's definitely gonna be better last year. All right. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about we just I I just wanted to talk about this real quick and then we'll talk about the fight. Uh, the court there's been some quarterback stuff coming out. So Philip Rivers retired, obviously. So we just talked about how the right. Colts have that big thing. Now Stafford, they've announced that Stafford is going to leave. Uh, they're going to trade him, and then now Aaron Rodgers is talking about it. The quarterback drama this year is going to be. So crazy with it with this class of quarterbacks in the draft that's like the best we've ever you know everybody's talking about it being the best in a long time, and then all it seems like many teams you know there's okay so let's let's look at a list Detroit with Stafford, uh, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, Houston with Deshaun Watson, um, yeah, potentially Miami on the backside of that too Miami with Tua. L.A. and Jared Goff, San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo, 
Um, yep. The Eagles and Carson Wentz. Yep. You never know with Dallas and Dak Prescott. You never know. Yeah, he's not signed. He's not you signed to a deal. Sam, I mean, Sam so think about that. And then, I mean, seriously, think about that. That is like good. Like it's Sam Darnold and the Jets. Cam, obviously, Cam Newton's not coming back to the Patriots. So, I mean, there are so many teams that need quarterbacks, realistically. Yeah. You don't know what the Falcons are going to do. The Saints. The Saints need a quarterback. The Panthers, people are talking about that. The Panthers are talking about the people are talking about the Panthers drafting a quarterback because yeah. they don't want to bank on Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Dude, I just listed you all these teams. Just give me, I guess, you can – all right. We'll start with – let's start with a drafted quarterback. And you can take your time. I know this is like – Kind of, you know, just sparred on you. Which let's, team let, draft the quarterback? Draft quarter. Saying? Let's go best draft. All right, let's think about this. This is I'm going to word this in the way I can. Let's go. Who? Which team should draft a quarterback, and who should it be? And then what team should get a free agent, and who should it be? Um. I don't think New England needs to get a free agent. I'm going to say they should draft a quarterback, and I think they should draft either depending on who falls there. I told you guys this in the group message. If you look at the mock drafts in the way they're going so far, unless there's a trade, there's a really good chance that Justin Fields falls pretty far in the first round. That's the thing is I've said about this court before, just real quick, is like, is the draft going to be that quarterback heavy that early, or is the hype going to die down on the quarterbacks? And it's going to I think the hype will die down. Because I've seen so many mock drafts where quarterbacks, there's like, Five taken in the first ten picks. You know what I mean? Like I've seen that, and it's just that's the big thing. And I, but I definitely think New England. What about like New England? You don't think Stafford ends up somewhere like New England? Uh, no, because I don't think New England has the stuff to give away. Like they are, they are. You know, New England's struggling. First of all, they have a lot of answers to, or questions to answer in free agency. They're going to have like $60 million in cap space after having like negative three this year and paying Cam Newton $1 million. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have that to deal with. They're going to have to re, you know, reshape their roster because they're old as hell. To me, Bill Belichick doesn't seems very lenient, and everybody knows this in the league too. You want to go as long as you can without paying quarterback, quarterback money, and if you can slot a guy in a draft slot for five years, you better take it. Mm-hmm. So if he has – the way my mock drafts looked, okay, at 15, which is where the Patriots are at, I think I had Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones all available. Because I don't think anybody at the top of the draft is really looking for a quarterback. And if they are, they're not they're not the Jaguars. Like, you know, like yeah. it's the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. Okay, then what? If the Jets want to move on from Sam Darnold or if they get Deshaun Watson, which is his preferred destination, then they're out of the picture. And you keep on going down the list. The, the teams that need quarterbacks don't necessarily really need quarterbacks except for New Orleans and Indy. Everybody else is just kind of disgruntled by their quarterback. Like Atlanta's in cap hell. San Fran doesn't like having a quarterback that's made of glass. Bridgewater isn't a really that great of an NFL starter. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on, and we don't know what's going on in Miami with Tua because people are starting to get shaky. Some players in there were saying that they trusted Fitzpatrick more than him. I I think New England's going to draft a guy, and I think Indy's going to end up going after Stafford. That's what I would do because you don't want – if you're Indianapolis, right, you're in win-now mode, 
you want to get somebody that can win you games now, a veteran that's been in there for a while. You know, Sam Darnold could be nice. Deshaun Watson would be nice. I don't think he's going to end up in either of those places. I'm sure it'll be Matt Stafford. Yeah, Matt Stafford definitely feels the Colts vibe. Yeah. The Indianapolis it's vibe. just It's so crazy, though, because, like, half of the league is going to shuffle their quarterbacks this year. Literally. Like, almost. Like, two teams in the NFC West can get rid of their quarterbacks. Dak Prescott's not signed to anything. Yeah. Um, the the Redskins have to answer some questions at quarterback, right? And then yeah. NFC South, you got two. I mean, and then Chicago, Chicago's still not. You know, Chicago in. has no quarterbacks under under deals for next year. They have Mitchell Trubisky if they give him a deal, or they can uh, pay Nick Foles again. Dude, they don't have anybody. The quarterbacks. Then you got Green Bay's drama that just came out today, right? Like Aaron Rodgers may go somewhere. Jordan Love may be the quarterback there next year. We don't know. We don't know. This is going to be the, the, the craziest offseason. It really yeah, is. I cannot wait for the draft. It really is. And that, so like, do you, so the Saints have probably what, like the 24th? This is just the team that interests me now with Breeze. You know, he's he's going to retire. He just hasn't said it yet. Right. So they've got it. And there's no way they're just going to run with Taysom Hill. Like, but you know what? I say that. There's probably a, oh, no. oh, I don't know. Man. If they do this, Sean, if they do, they're not gonna win. They're gonna be eight and eight. Yeah. If they go with Jason Hill. I don't know. And I think obviously Indianapolis seems like, you know, the free agent place to be, but like I feel like the Rams could make a move in free agency. I feel like being out there, I feel like you know, maybe that's that's the thing, man. And if money wasn't an issue <laughs> No, if money wasn't an issue, that is the issue. If money wasn't an issue, that's where Deshaun Watson would end up. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, that's absolutely. and obviously it's like think about all these th- all these quarterbacks that could be traded: Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Rob. Carson Wentz, to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, Arnold. That's Matt just, Ryan. Yeah. The problem is, is you got to find teams that are going to take on to this cap number. Like, I bet you, I'm, I'm willing to bet you a million dollars that if Sean McVay could get somebody to take Jared Goff's cap space, cap money, because, I mean, he's he's killing them. Like, he's making yeah. Matt Ryan. Money. If he could get rid of him and go get a guy at the end of the first round, I'd be damned if he wouldn't. I, yeah. I fully see New Orleans drafting somebody like Trask or Zach Wilson if they're there late, because I don't think teams are going to jump on Zach Wilson that quick. You don't think so? That's he's getting a lot of hype though. He's always getting a lot of hype. Justin Fields got a lot of hype too, but then wait until the combine and stuff like that. You know, things everything's gonna change before there that. Is no combine so well, they're doing it but through pro days kind of deal. Yeah. So everybody's got their own combine technically, but I don't know. I I I do know this. There's probably we can guesstimate to say what, there's five or six first round caliber quarterbacks in this draft this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and um, um, Trey Lyles from North Dakota State, which everybody's talking about. I'm not a big fan of his. but Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. So, at some point, there's no way all those guys go in the first. There's somebody going to be there in the back of the draft for whoever wants them, in the back of the first and begin the second. Mm. Well, do you think – so, you think if the Lions – 
they they got. Are you think they're going to draft a quarterback if they're just getting rid of Stafford? If they're dealing Stafford, they got to. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they take Mac Jones right there either. To me, to me, it's just me saying this now. Mm-hmm. All right, it depends on how you're building your team. But if you want a mobile guy, you know, Trevor Lawrence going to be gone. Justin Fields holds the ball way too long for the NFL to like him, and his release is pretty slow. Um, but he's mobile. It's just all depending on who who wants what. You know, we've seen some shocks with quarterback picks before. If Detroit wants to go with, um, you know, somebody faster, maybe they look at Zach Wilson there. I don't think they're going to answer in a free agency because why would they spend the money that they're already spending when they want to get rid of Stafford? Man, it is juicy stuff. Juicy stuff in the NFL. Crazy. The offseason, the draft, and it's, it's all about the start right after the Super Bowl, too. So that yeah right. That's that's. But let me ask you this: Do you think? Do you think? Uh, you know, uh, Philly got a new head coach, and he's Frank Reich's OC. Which Frank Reich was Carson Wentz OC. Do you think there's? I, I'm pretty sure. I might be. I'm sure I'm not alone on this, but I think there's no chance that Carson Wentz leaves now, right? Like he's he's staying. They're not no. going to get rid of well, him. I don't think. And what the hell are they going to do about Jalen Hurts? Dude, that's the thing. That's the team. That's the team right there. That's just like so interesting because Carson Wentz coming into the year was probably everyone thought he was like a top ten quarterback in the league. Like, right. You know, Absolutely. had all this hype around him, and they still, I mean, even then, they still drafted Jalen Hurts. Like, man, you know, like they, and it was a yeah. second round pick. You know, yeah. like very much of a reach in people's minds and stuff, and. There's, I don't think Carson Wentz was going anywhere anyway. Like, I don't think there was any way, like, even if he wanted to and they wanted to, like, it was going to get done because they right. weren't just going to take that cap hit. And there's no way, really, maybe the Colts would have if they kept the OC, I guess. But I don't, I, I would assume that this, this whole offseason for Philadelphia, like, it's going to be not. I would assume Jalen Hurts may get traded if if Carson Wentz is if they've got his you know Frank Wright's old OC and now Carson Wentz is there. I could I would assume Jalen Hurts is because look Jalen Hurts has played the backup role obviously to Tua right all right and but this is at this point it's like come on like you know like. I won this job, and then all of a sudden the coach get the coach benches me in the last game, and then he gets fired, and then this whole thing just kind of turns around on me when this organization has drafted me, you know, like in the second round. Like I don't know, I could totally see him getting traded to somewhere. I don't, if 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 I'm Philly, I would want to trade him because you know, well, okay, so the guy didn't play. Great, right? He wasn't like a pro bowler, but he didn't play bad. So you know you have something. Like he's put good film on tape. All right. But if I'm Philly, I don't want to trade him. But if I'm Galen Jalen Hurts, I just about want the hell out of there. Yeah. The problem is is what is Philly gonna want to get back because I mean they're not just gonna do what Bill Belichick's dumbass did a couple years back training Jimmy G for a second, you know. Like they're not yeah. gonna do that. They're probably going to want to haul back for him because they know that they got something and somebody wants him. On the flip side of that, though, dude, like if, you know, at the end of the season, they were saying that the locker room was upset when they benched Jalen Hurts again because for, for Sudfeld because yeah. they were all behind Jalen Hurts and they didn't really, they weren't, nobody was like behind. So 
that it seems like that locker room is split already, and Nick Sirianni's got a lot of work on his, on his hands to do. But I, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm pretty pissed. Yeah, exactly. He, like you said, he won. He won the job. Yeah, no, he did. Did you know? I found out something about Sudfield. Did you know Sudfield is like a like a five year player in the league? Yeah, he came out of Indiana like with um, like a. Um, Dak Prescott and all of them, like it was in that draft class, dude. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, he's been that, a backup. He's been a backup. He's been a third string in Philly for five years now. That's hilarious. All right, right? yeah. So the quarterback, the quarterback situation's crazy. All right, let's talk about the fight, I, dude. So I don't watch a lot of UFC. Like, I don't. I'm not really into it. But I watched the whole card. Saturday night, and I'm about to have to start watching it more because it was very entertaining. And, um, like, even before the McGregor fight, which, you know, we're going to talk about, like, there was, like, the fight with the guy who had the mullet and he got kicked. Did you did you watch the whole card? No, I didn't watch the whole card. Dude, you've got to look it up on Twitter. There's a video, and for anyone who watched the whole card, they know what I'm talking about. His name was, like, Dusty something i don't remember but he had a mullet and he got kicked like so hard in the face that like he backed up and it looked like he was doing the stanky leg like he literally like oh yeah, like, yeah i did so, I yeah saw that. I saw that that saw was that. crazy there was some and then the fight before the mcgregor fight this little guy i guess it was his first fight ever in the ufc won um and he won in a knockout and so like all of a sudden, after he just starts calling out McGregor and he starts calling out Khabib and he starts calling out Poirier, and I was like, "Whoa, you know, like this guy's just cocky, I guess." And you know, I feel like his yeah, manager—he was, was out there. With that one. I feel like his managers had to. I was cringing, like I was truly cringing. I was like, "This is—he seemed like a lot." But McGregor Poirier, I think that is that how you say his last name, Poirier. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Louisiana, Baton Rouge. Yeah, so I I definitely thought McGregor's win, but like I said, I don't watch a lot of UFC, but it seemed like a lot of, you know, he was the odds-on favorite, so I was going with him. I'm a McGregor fan. I feel like a lot of people are. Um, but Jesus, he got rocked, and it was literally like from what I saw and what I analyzed, it was he got his legs beat in. Like yep, that was the whole key to the fight. Yeah, he, he, got, he got his right leg beat in completely. Like, demolished his leg. And so, obviously, and I feel like it was like once it got past the first round, you had a bad feeling that McGregor wasn't going to win it because Poirier was just fucking literally beating the leg, beating the leg. And then once he got him up top and McGregor didn't have enough strength up top to, like, hold down the bottom part of his body, it was over. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it right. that's literally how it happened. He got hit up front and then just like couldn't hold his legs up. And it was, and he walked out of that arena. There's a video on crutches. Like he, 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 it was tough, but credit to Dustin and what he did. But man, it was, it was crazy to see McGregor come out like that, that flat in a way. And he actually really didn't come out flat. He finished flat. Right. He came out pretty hot, but then he, he was on crippled. the for about a minute. But it was a good – I don't know. What do, What are your thoughts? Poirier did a damn good job of crippling McGregor because he's very active on his feet, and he's a boxer. You know, Everybody knows that. McGregor is basically a boxer in the ring. But um, 
what happened is Poirier was kicking the hell out of his right leg, right outside his knee, and there is a like the the most people don't know this an anatomy major coming out here, but there's a big nerve bundle that runs down the side of your leg around your knee and wraps around the back of your leg. And it, it runs all your feeling from knee down through your feet. And apparently while he was getting kicked in the leg, he like pinched that nerve to a point where he couldn't feel his whole leg. That's why he had no control. He was stumbling and wobbling out of there. Poirier did, did a damn good job, and once you got him like that, I mean, like when you're when you're half a leg down, you're basically out of it for a fight. Yeah. Like you need that. That's a, especially in MMA because that's like a full body fight. Like they no, there's no basically no rules. You know, it's bare knuckle almost. And if you can't do kicks back because you can't feel your leg, you're not going to be in a good good shape. And anytime you try and like move around and dodge and this and the other gonna be in for a real treat and he was Poirier came out and look you know Poirier was the was the underdog but if you look at the rankings that UFC has for like yeah he was ranked above him yeah McGregor's like Vegas playing with people because he had well McGregor hasn't fought in a year over a year and Poirier is ranked number three in the world he's probably about to be ranked number two and he's knocking the door for Khabib to come out and fight him for the belt it's not gonna happen but it's what he's aiming for. Yeah. Uh, this no UFC is uh I mean I've watched bits and pieces of it, but I I think I'm about to like start studying it and like getting into Dude, it. Dude, this type about every UFC event I I watch in my room. I didn't watch this one this go around. I got busy, but but it was yeah, definitely I mean definitely worth the hype. Um, but you're you're you were saying something. The Connor's a boxer. That's what I noticed. He really is. Like he he does it doesn't seem like he uses much of his lower body at all. It seems like he he definitely is trying to go for the knockout punch at all times or the shoulder. He uses a shoulder a lot. And but he's still got two fights left on the contract, and he said he was coming back. So and Khabib was talking mad shit after the uh, fight on Twitter. But I feel like I feel like uh, McGregor's definitely gonna fight him again, Poirier again, because you got to go round three. Apparently they fought before, but it was a while ago. And um, yeah, it I was like say. six or seven years ago when they fought last, and Poirier was like really young at the time. But that is that was the weekend. Some fights, some uh, football, some free agent, some or not free agency, really just some quarterback controversy. Um, but that that wraps it up, Caleb. This was a good one. Fifty minutes of just nonstop banner. We've got a good Super Bowl coming up. We've got a good off season coming up. Um, we'll have more McGregor fights. It, it it's looking good. We had a good weekend. Good future coming. 